Yeah, there you are. I uh, it didn't say you were online, so I was sitting here like a dummy. Oh. Yeah. Well, it, it said the ring were... made noise this time, so I uh, guess you can't get all of it together. Uh, you can't because the ring did not make noise on my end. Mm-hmm. And it said you were last seen days ago. <laughs> I love how dramatic Skype is. <laughs> Skype. Skype, calm down, Skype. Um, yeah, so we're we're late this morning because I had to go into the snow uh, to get a USB dongle. No one should. I mean, that whole sentence sounds ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but it shouldn't have happened. It no, shouldn't have to happen. It shouldn't happen to anyone. The snow part. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, my, uh, we were, we went on a road trip. I packed my customary bag my my little velcro bag that goes in my big bag that has all of my dongle type apparatus um mm-hmm. this computer or actually both of our computers are of the latest well one of the latest waves of apple products where they um just kind of cover their ears and go la 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 and then just put usb c ports on everything so this computer has two usb c ports and that's it oh well it has got a headphone jack but think of how elegant that is, and don't think about what that really means. Just meditate on the word elegant. <laughs> if I want to, uh, let's say, use my outboard uh, mixer here, which is what I use to record and also use to like play through my real speakers, uh, charge the computer, and do literally anything else, like scan or print something, I have to plug in a uh, a $25 you know cheapy chinese plastic thing that i got off of amazon and then create this sort of like uh dongle cthulhu uh <laughs> to get all of those things to happen in my can, two ports can we do something about the word dongle because i've had instances in my professional life with very serious, important email discussions where the word dongle gets thrown around dozens of times. And it just doesn't really comport well uh, with the scenario or the everything else. Well, I mean, is there an alternate there, word we can use there is and we used it for years um i'm not sure what happened i think that adapter what, i think what happened is the word adapter um was set aside um because i mean technically you could say that a dongle is different than an adapter excuse me my dong my dongle my my uh my, don't ever use a possessive before dongle either oh yeah you're right <laughs> Oh, I'm reacting to having had to go in the snow uh, before I have my coffee. I can't breathe. Um, no, a uh, a adapter for some, you know, for flexibility reasons. Uh, of adapters ended up with you know three inches of cord on them and became dongles. Um, I think that oh, a I dongle see. is sort of a subtype of an adapter, though. I mean, an adapter is is the parent. Uh, so it's descriptor. Right, so it's a little, it's, <laughs> to make it worse, a dongle is sort of an onomatopoeia. Uh, it dangles. 
because does. of its tiny little cord. And as someone with the last name Daigle, I don't appreciate the word dongle on like a whole other level. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, at least we can agree on this. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know because where I was leading is that I think the word <laughs> dongle took over because of two reasons. One, it's actually marginally more specific than adapter. And two, you it's it's fun to say. It's fun to say. I, I, I challenge that. The word adapter it's, is it's not fun to up, say. Right? It, it is lo- it's Every sort of word made is up made up. Language is what a it social is. Oh, construct. I have no problem with a made up. <laughs> I have no problem making up words. You know this. Okay. However, if you have an infinite universe of things to make up words from, mm. you can do better. I don't know. I mean, yes, probably. But we're talking about a word that is A, funny, B, also an onomatopoeia, C, kind of kind of, naughty, and D, more, use, more usefully specific than the word it replaced. I mean, we've actually accomplished a lot with the word dongle that we haven't really even come to appreciate. What about this? So it's a dangling adapter. Mm-hmm. We could just call it a dapter? Adapter? That's some good cyberpunk nonsense. I like that. <laughs> because especially when you say adapter, it's uh-huh. going to get real confusing because it really sounds like adapter. You still run into, I guess this isn't really, this is more of a flaw in the word adapter, but I'm still not sure if it's OR or ER or both. Oh, you're talking the wrong yeah, guy. Yeah, I realized that I was saying that. <laughs> but I'm going to go with the OR. <laughs> I feel like OR is more classy. It's like theater with an RE. Uh, adapter yeah. just sounds like a thing that adapts, but adaptor sounds like a you know a electronic yeah we accessory could, yeah we could have it spelled all French like or something. But no, I do. I mean, I I am all for replacing words with like cyberpunk variants of those words. So um, yeah. I'm I'm, right. I'm open to other uh, ideas. I mean, it, it, what it does it does is it takes a port and it turns it into a different port. Um, or multiple okay. ports. Okay, yeah, we need to go back to the meaning. Yeah. So it could... Okay, so the it problem takes is, one port, yeah. makes it a different port, uh-huh. or accessible to a different port. Or multiple but ports. But also... Could be more than one port. ...has a flexibility to move around. All right, so I've got I've got the word reporter, but I think that one's taken. Um, reporter? Yeah. No, not if you pronounce it. Properly, you know, if you pause between the syllables, a, a, a reporter, <laughs> enemy of the computers. Mm, uh, let's see, uh, it's way too early in the morning to be inventing words on purpose. Um, usually we would just kind of let the invented words happen to us. <laughs> um, it's a changer function changer mm, oh, swinging a swinging function changer swing, swing. <laughs> that sounds dirtier somehow how'd you do that a, i think we're going backwards here <laughs> well this is episode 40 episode 40 of cameron and Bacher, two Ooh. people we've done 40 of these i would love to say week 40 but we've missed like one week so i can't actually do that um there's more than week for you. Yeah, I'm Cameron and you're Brock. Damn. Um, and uh, we we talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about, really. Um, Nobody tells us what to talk about. 
that said, if you have suggestions about what we should talk about, um, email us. Please tell us. <laughs> if we saw Cameron and Brock <laughs> at Gmail, Cameron and Brock at gmail.com or the phone number 2525 Hey Cam. And I, Which I assume Cameron is checking I, at all times. Well, Google checks it. I have not. Google's like a, a drunk secretary that um, <laughs> checks the voicemail and then sends me a, uh, a, a recording of it that is cut off after three minutes. I want to say there used to be a transcription service, which was terribly entertaining, but I don't... Oh, I, I, I still... Now, wait a second. That's a good point, because I always had it on my voicemail, and it would text me a translation of what the voicemail was. I think it still does that. Well, it didn't for this time, so maybe I need to go turn that on or something. But uh, it's hilariously inaccurate. However, it's usually accurate enough that I'm like, oh, uh, so-and-so is calling me about something this thing and um so it's best of both worlds i know what the general message is and i get to read a hilarious message that calls me bra or bro what's up bro yeah <laughs> uh apple has a thing like that i i've never actually thought about it but if there is a voicemail transcription thing uh so i can tell that i'm no one no one no human being leaves a voicemail ever in uh, 2018, I haven't had a real voicemail. Left I feel in voicemails are years. on a steep decline. Steep, precipitous. All that's left are, um, you know, around the, the election, I got some, some election voicemails. But most of the time, it's either this one Cigna, like uh, insurance uh, scam one, or that comes from like four different states, but it's always the same recording. Uh or uh, my old, the town I used to live in, still sends me notices about my trash and where it should be. I have no idea how to get off that list. I would have assumed. Let's be honest. Do you really want off of that list? Is, are you attached to it it's, nostalgically? It's, it's a little like cute reminder that I used to be somewhere else. I guess, but it's been two years. You'd think it would. You'd think they would update that spreadsheet. I don't know. I yeah I feel very it's it's mildly unsettling especially when you get calls from numbers you know um or maybe even numbers you don't know that I get a lot of missed calls and then there's no message Nothing. but there's no text there's no email right. and I get you know it's this sense like my friend called me from the trunk of a car as his only option before his phone died and like I didn't get the message, or I didn't answer, and he didn't have time for a message. Like I don't know what happened. I mean, mm. that's what my first thought is. You do need closure. My second thought is, you know, they just didn't want to leave message. But right, yeah. I mean, clo- closure helps some sort of explanation. Why? Why? Um, in my experience, if it's my, it depends on the person. Because even though usage of the phone is relegated to like a pretty small. A group of people at this point like very few people are going to call me before texting me anymore uh if it's shannon i assume i text her back because i assume she just like didn't like need something that badly and will just text me later but i again trunk of the car i want to know um if it's my dad i assume he accidentally called me with his butt um (laughs) Which happens still, I do, I still don't, I honestly don't know how you do that with an iPhone, but I'm, you know, it's happened two to three times in the last year. Uh, and, or he's actually also one of the people, and I also have a sister or two like this, who will call just because they're bored. Um, so then they, you know, if no one answers, 
they just hang up and then go about their day. They don't say in a text Wait, message. Wait, what's the plan? You're bored and you want to talk yeah, to people? Yeah, just like my dad. My dad is a, uh, he's, a, he's a, whenever he's driving somewhere, he tends to want to talk to somebody. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. So, that sounds like Abigail, yeah. too, so. Yeah, I can't, I can't fault that. Um, although, a follow-up text that, that says, you know, I am not in the trunk of a car. Some sort of a dead man switch. I think so. Yeah. And I mean, that could be automated as well, where if you hang up, um, before the message, it just gives you one of those pop-up options. You know, like if you if you don't want to answer the phone, it gives you a text option where it's like, say, hey, I'll call you back or I'm in a meeting. Right. Whatever. But, but the reverse. But after you hung up, yeah, after you hang up, it pops up an option. Like, here's three things you could text this person right now. Oh, no. See, I was going to I was gonna say that we reverse it and dead man switch it to where, like, when you hang up having not left a voicemail, your phone then pops up a dialog box that says, I'm going to text this person, help, I am locked in the trunk of a car oh, in so, 10, 9, 8, and you have to right. opt out of that otherwise. So it's a, yeah, it's like what I said, except the default is I'm locked in a car, right. a trunk of a car, and my phone's dying. Um, and you can pick other things, but mm-hmm. that's what's going to be sent out every time otherwise. Yeah, and I, I think, like, there are also – this is actually thematically consistent with where I feel like phones are going in general, um, or I, Apple phones. I guess I have no idea where other phones are going in general, um, but Apple phones, like, if I hit the lock button here five times, my phone my phone starts to freak out and uh, starts counting down an SOS emergency call. Uh, so I, I've accidentally triggered that before just like as like a nervous tick or whatever, just hanging out, you hit the lock button five times, your phone starts to make that fun sound and, and, uh, threatens to call 911. Um, so that's interesting because I would have thought that should have been more of a silent alarm feature where you're in trouble and you want it to like subtly contact someone who can help and instead it sends off a siren in your hand well uh i feel i feel it's sort of like a timid siren like it's one that you could potentially muffle if you needed to uh but i will tell you right now if that that thing had made that startling noise uh, i would have called 911 multiple times in the past i probably wouldn't have known that feature existed until like a cop showed up and then maybe even then I would have been like, weird, a cop showed up. I didn't call 911. And I would have thought my phone had a bug because I wouldn't have looked down and seen the, like, three, two, one countdown screen. Um, all right. So I think we can just agree that all of those things are superfluous well, to begin with. Well, I'm just saying, I think, like, the dead man switch option to where your phone starts defaulting to assuming that something's wrong is consistent with both the 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 way things are headed with that countdown thing, and also like all of the all of the uh, health kit ads that they've been making to the phone. Um, all of the health, excuse me, all the health monitoring stuff. Are you, have, are um, you aware yeah, of all this stuff? I've well, been, I mean, I have a watch. I, I suppose smartwatches. Are you just talking about the connection to a smartwatch? Yeah, I'm 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 talking about I, I watched the last Apple um watch press conference thing event uh mm-hmm. and uh I was 
Sort of. I, I was I usually watch those to clown on it to some degree. Um, cause that's, I mean, come on. And, uh, the, the amount of features that seemed like they were most like they've, they've re- they pivoted the watch a few times when they came out with the watch, it was like a accessory luxury item. They had the $10,000 one you could buy and things like that. Um, and that one slowly gone away and they then they moved the watch to being like an athletic trainer thing and they like pushed the like the ads had people diving and swimming and running with it and there's a little bit more like you know almost like a same exact product right but just like reframing it as like an athletic um, accessory and now it feels like they've found a niche with the phone or like that whole ecosystem as like a health tracker in in a more general sense but the problem is, to me, is I watch this this uh, press conference, and there, it's just so much about how you could die at any point. Like, wait, what? You know, like there's there's a um, EKG that you can like fire off now with your with your watch at any time. Um, it, okay, it's got access to all of your vitals. It's going to report on your vitals. It, it, you can set it up to like call people if certain things drop below certain numbers and stuff. A bunch of features that are genuinely useful. Like I texted my dad and asked him about, you know, the viability of some of these features. And he was actually like really impressed. Like some of that stuff's hard to track or like hard to get people to test on their own and or whatever. Right. But as a marketing push to the general public, right. it seems like an odd choice. Yeah. As a marketing push to the general public, I'm sitting there thinking I already didn't want a smartwatch and I do not own a smartwatch because one of the better feelings in my life is to leave my phone in another room for a little while. Uh, and the idea that I could never do that because it's connected to me is, is genuinely anxiety inducing. But then you add to that, the, this idea that your phone, your watch is not just going to, uh, you know, track whether you are supposed to be talking to somebody or supposed to be getting something done, but now it's also tracking whether or not you're dying uh it's just a lot it's a lot for it's a lot to not be able to escape i would like um just to feed my general day-to-day anxiety i would like it to be providing me a percentage dying like not like, like a progress hey, things bar? have gone wrong like thresholds exceeded you're in danger I want like a percentage where it's like, yeah, you're doing okay. Oh, you're you're past a, you know, you're sixty percent to maybe death danger zone. Today you're ten percent, so I can just watch it. And when I'm not feeling well, I see that it's moving up, and then of course the feedback loop in my mind makes it go up higher, and it would just be really fun. To uh, constantly worry about how close I am to death. Um, that's you know, it's like a fuel economy. I'm, I'm really, I'm really compelled and horrified by this feature. It's like a um, fuel economy gauge in your car, right? Like you're, if you oh, yeah. if you let off the gas completely on the interstate, your car is like you got a million miles to the gallon. You could drive forever. <laughs> you You'll can drive to the moon. <laughs> Go for moon. it. Yeah, and then if you hammer on the gas, it's like you're getting two miles to the gallon. You, <laughs> you monster. You're fill gonna, up soon. Fill up now, or or you're just gonna fall out the side of the road and never get home. <laughs> and like your car has no real sense of like you know, there's there's no memory to that thing. No, like the car is it, it's convincingly 
um, sincere about whatever it's telling you at the moment. Now, that's what I want. I guess what I'm thinking of, to be clear, my current car gives you the, the fuel economy based on your trip like odometer so it averages it out over the length of the trip but my mm-hmm. old what i'm thinking of is the the fuel economy gauge in our 1994 or 6 grand caravan that one was just the fuel economy at any given moment so it had no, I think mine no memory does both oh really um, I, because i can still watch um it shoot up and drop down yeah then you can get an average um over a certain trip period but still the one the immediate one is completely insane that i'm even seeing it it should be never you know shown to the user it doesn't make any sense which is exactly why i think the watch should do this right well you need that number if we're talking like a trip meter you know, 35 years worth of a trip is only going to, you know, I can't really manipulate that number. It's going to be pretty fixed. And I, I think that the, right. if we do show that number, the fact that you can't really change it and you're stuck with it is, uh, I think, its own sort of existential fear. Um, so we can kind of get both angles. Wait, we of just that. have like a set trip length, quote unquote, for your phone. Well, there's sort of your, your life. Yeah, there's sort of a progress bar, um, maybe. Uh, but then the the uh, the other one, the memory free, just like what would happen if you kept hammering on the gas the way that you are exactly right now? There's there could be one that's like you know you're three or four drinks in, and mm-hmm. like your phone's going to be like, what if you keep drinking one beer an hour for the rest of your yeah, life? Yeah, you've got you've yeah. got six months to yeah, live. The whole clock's ticking, boy. And then the, on the other hand, you know maybe you do some some yoga or meditation, and your phone's like, ooh, you are you know. You, you you could live to be a hundred if you just keep doing this and you know drink water and eat vegetables. I think it needs to be more dramatic than that. So I think it needs to have one component where it's averaging over your lifespan, mm-hmm. and you don't have to have a set lifespan. Um, I'm I'm good with an open ended average. Okay, but it's going to show you a graph of your average health, and for most people, it's going to trend downward a good bit um over time and that's going to produce a lot of anxiety oh you just you know? mean like uh like over just aging is going to factor into this graph yeah, like i mean factors it's just, you're that you just can't aging. do anything it's going to show you that uh-huh. your health will decline over time as a natural consequence of living right you're just fighting um, time and gravity right you're fighting time and gravity and then the immediate one i think should be like our initial thing where yeah, like if you take a shot of of whiskey or something, it's like one step from calling an ambulance because you got two days on this bender before you <laughs> you're hard dead. Or if you're meditating and and um, your heart rate's down and all that jazz, I mean, it could you could be living into the next millennia. It's it's very transcendent feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of ups and downs with this system, but there's always that anchor that shows you that death is approaching eventually. Right. I really feel like if we if there's we really need to hit both ends of that spectrum to really because I mean the middle of the spectrum is is where you live already. Um, so if we push both ends of that, then we kind of give you everything technology has to offer um, in that regard. Right. Uh, does your phone track your health and stuff? Like, um, I have a 
Hebel Watch, which oh, is oh yeah, that's older. The, the startup one, right? Like the um, yeah. Um, let's see. I like you know, it's like generally change the face however you want. Mm-hmm. It will pop up uh, like text and emails, which is actually pretty convenient. So far as I don't take my phone out of my pocket a lot anymore. Most of my alerts I just straight ignore because I can very quickly see there's something I don't need to deal with. And um, mm. it doesn't like – okay, so the, the health-wise, it does a step count. But the thing that I was most surprised about that actually is useful is that it knows when you sleep, which oh, is yeah. amusing, you know, how they tr- track that with, you know, just accelerometers, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And especially when I was moving on shift work a lot. It was really interesting because you, you you are getting reminders of whether you slept a consistent amount or not. And um, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not hitting that very often. So that is one thing that actually was useful to make me maybe be more responsible with some of my time life actions i don't know well that's cool i uh i'm currently still in as we've discussed before toddler purgatory um so i the last thing i need is a device reaffirming that i sleep i slept from 12 to 2 to 2 to 4 to 4 to 6 to 6 to 8 yeah so that's a good one is that it knows when you well it estimates but the estimates are pretty dead on when i've really tried to check it but it estimates when you're in deep sleep Oh, yeah. Versus sleeping, uh-huh. and that was really telling when I was um, on really weird shifts because I was trying to break up my sleep, and um, I could tell. I was like, yeah, I feel good, and it'd be like, you got two straight hours of deep sleep, and today I'm like, oh, why do I hate myself? And it's like, you need to get more deep sleep, and I'm like, okay, watch. Yeah, yeah, I used to have the, um, I really remember enjoying it, this is pre-children, but the, um, I think at least pre one of my children, the the sleep cycle, like a alarm that goes off in like an hour, you set like a window that it could go off and then it picks when a, a time when you're already coming out of deep sleep to wake you up, so you wake oh, up. Oh yeah, I've heard, yeah. I never tried that. Um, Does it, it w- work? It genuinely did work. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, I've stopped it because I, eh, a combination of another kid and like jacked up sleep and also just like, uh, I don't love sleeping with my phone in the bed because it has to be, you know, it has to pick up your movements and stuff like that. Oh, now, man. that is, weirdly, if there was one time that I would be comfortable wearing a smartwatch, it'd be while I was sleeping. Uh, yeah, no, really. Yeah, so like, I almost like the idea of like some more minimal tracker. I can't figure out a way to clown on it and come up with a bad version of the product, but an actual <laughs> good product would just be like a dot that I just like you know slip into my pillow or something, and that's all it does. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of a really minimal sort of um, wristband, if you will. Maybe like it looks like one of those, you know trendy rubber band things or whatever but it has at least one USB-C plug on it and mm-hmm. it, that's just it's just sort of confusing cuz there's no interface otherwise Every, everything no... should have just just in case <laughs> just in case you need to throw something on there yeah i mean we're uh the we are 
past it probably permanently past the age of the like one one function device like the the v, vhs rewinder <laughs> or like you know like the, the the thing that only does one thing doesn't really exist anymore well i think it exists in kitchen tools but sure. i tend to think most of those aren't worthwhile it, it, you know if it's really trying to do just one thing, but yeah, that's true. too many things to do. Yeah, I I can't carry things to do them all. Well, and like they all need all, all these things need an operating system ultimately, and sometimes the actual thing that that you need is like trivial on top of all the other stuff. So it does make sense. Like uh, you know the even the stuff we were talking about, like your phone. Most of what's needed is the stuff that your phone just has to do for everything, and then the actual app is like whatever. My phone only tracks my steps and my floors I've climbed, um, which today I've climbed two <laughs> to go down to the <laughs> not car. what you anticipated at this particular time of day. No, but. not at all. Um, someone, hopefully no one saw the uh, man in the, the boots, pajama pants, uh, Jedi <laughs> robe, um, bathrobe, or, you know, sleeper. I, this robe is amazing. Um and then a parka over the Jedi robe. It's a good look. Um, clawing at a car door covered in icy snow. Uh, but I, when I do go back, you know, I, the uh, the thing I, like, have gone back to and look at before, because I'm, it's pretty funny, is when we moved here, we had to unload a truck into a second-floor apartment. So in July of 2016, I'm down for 69 floors. Uh on July thirtieth, twenty sixteen, which and you know, it just keeps reminding you, nice, that yeah, you're, that you're below your, and below average. my trending average, my you're trending average, still below going your down. trending <laughs> average. Yeah. Since then, I haven't crested like six in on average in a month, but uh, that one day, I really killed it. Yeah, uh, when I went to Disney, uh, my so what they program the watch, and I don't really mind this. It's actually sort of amusing is that your watch tries to be super encouraging. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, whoa, you did great. Keep that up. <laughs> or it'll, uh, if you don't do well, it'll be like, that's all right. We can do better tomorrow. We- like, it doesn't even tell you you did poorly. It's like 2,000 steps, we'll do better tomorrow. <laughs> is it a plural? Is it like, well, that's, that's what yeah, well, she's not it, mind its own business. Uh, um. But yeah, it, it like freaked out when I went to Disney because it's like because it uses percentages. It okay. says, "Oh, you walked, you know, three hundred and seventy percent more today than la- blew yesterday." Blew your watch's mind. Your watch yeah. is like normally we drive to work. <laughs> yeah. You you walk to the vending machine today. Uh, yeah, and it really freaks out when you take it off and it tries to track your sleep and such. Sometimes, based on my habits, it'll say, like, you slept 99% less than normal today. You need to get some better sleep. And <laughs> Oh, see, yeah, that's the exact thing that, like, annoy, like, that I always think about. It's like, oh, all it's going to take is, like, it falls onto the floor one day and it's like, oh, my gosh, you slept so well, you didn't move. Like, but it's not so it much up all your like trending data or whatever. It doesn't ruin uh, trending data and such. Its usefulness is usually just as a reminder to say, "Oh, hey, look at that." Um, you know, 
I stayed up doing such and such. Less than five hours. I didn't think I stayed up that late. But like, ah, okay, let's deal with this. Yeah, so, you know, it's fine. But I do agree with you in that I don't want something overly functional and interruptive on my person. Right. Because I can walk away from my phone and after about 10 feet or 15 feet of Bluetooth, you know, it just turns into a normal watch. Mm. Um, and uh, that's nice. Yeah, I've, I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like I, my personal angle on it, it would take a lot for me to feel okay with putting one of those on my wrist. Even when I talk to people, like, you know, people are like, oh, I can look and see that I don't need to look at that without taking my phone out. But, like, somebody gra- glancing at their smartwatch and reading a text message, is, if you're the other person, I feel like it's just as disruptive as if they pulled out their phone. Like, it's still... It's still like it feels the I same. I mean, in some circumstances, you know? I can see that being true. But I think, on the whole, unless you're going to claim that you ignore your phone constantly, the average is that you will interact with it less. I don't know. I, I, uh, if I'm in like a meeting or something and my phone starts like firing off vibrations i just have like a threshold at which i like decide to pull it out and glance to make sure like all those messages are from like my family group text thread or something you know like if, and if, you pull it out and it's just like three or four text messages from different people <laughs> saying they're stuck in a trunk of a right. car <laughs> everyone simultaneously got kidnapped <laughs> Um, and yeah. your reaction is, ah, uh, never mind. But like, I have the option to leave my phone in my pocket, and if my if all of those were firing off my wrist, my wrist would just be lit up constantly, and I would have to. It don't like I can't not. You know what I mean? Like I can opt out of it if it's in my pocket. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely see what you're saying. I don't think it's. I think it's a potential way of feeling about the situation. So sure. it's valid, but yes. I, you know, I don't think in practice it's. It's uh, I think it's more neutral experience in practice. Mm. Well, I'm looking at all the things that my phone could be tracking for me. Uh, blood alcohol content, blood glucose, ec- electrodermal activity. Wait, how the heck is it doing all this? It's, it, could, it could be. It could be. This is all Are the stuff. Are you putting a probe in your body somewhere? <laughs> well, I think if you implant. Well, like, I, I probe. <laughs> I probe. <laughs> it's just like you <laughs> just get this tracking chip shot under your skin. And uh, Bluetooth. You know, <laughs> you you say that um, we're not. I mean, we're we're headed there. Just just hang on, hold on to your horses for like another five to ten years. But this is all the stuff. Like, and this is because this thing is a, like a legitimate medical device. Like, you can hook it up to all of these different like legitimate medical trackers that maybe you have if you're um, older and firm or whatever. But like blood alcohol content, blood bur- glucose, electrodermal activity. I don't even know what that is. Forced expiratory volume one second. Forced vital capacity, inhaler usage, insulin delivery, number of times fallen, oxygen saturation, peak expiratory flow rate, peripheral perfusion index, UV index, and that's just the the vitals section. There's like other sections. There's a reproductive health section. So clearly this is compatible with a lot of... Oh, sorry. Devices. Yes, that's the results section. The vitals section is like blood pressure, body temperature, heart rate, respiratory rate. I assume... That's the stuff you would get if you had a, a watch. So I've, I assume if a person wearing every bit of compatible 
medical tracking gear would look really insane at this point. Yeah, I mean, I all of these things have extremely legitimate like uses for sure, but it's like it's like you know when you go to the um literally any doctor and you have to even like an eye doctor and you have to fill out the thing that lists all of the conditions that you may have. And like, it's, it's every time I do one of those, it's like this, uh, sort of sobering reminder that of all the things that could be wrong with me and they, they aren't yet. Uh, (laughs) yeah, it's like a page and a half. I think that that's the point of it. Right. I, I, I'm don't, I doubt that they, Need that they could just say, "Hey, is there anything wrong with you?" And you're like, "Yeah, here's the wrong things." Sure, there's probably they don't they. It's probably easier for them uh, this way, but because if there, I really feel like if there anything along with you is sort of an essay question. Um, that's really open ended. <laughs> yeah, people uh, just take it too uh, broadly. Uh huh. But the uh, and and. All of those things. I've often asked myself that question. Now my phone is sitting here listing all of these ways that I could be more more unwell than I am, which I guess is on some level, you know, something to be thankful for. But uh, your line's trending down. Yeah, my line, your lifeline. Yeah, but it's at least it's like a gentle curve. I don't need any. <laughs> it's a slope. It's a yeah. It's a gent a gentle slope toward death. Um. No, I imagine I'm, my life's going to be more like a like a log to zero. Oh, like I'm going to do well for a while, and it's just going to be like one day just flies off there. And yeah, I'm not talking like car crash. It's just going to all fall apart. Oh, before we um, before we I, we're going to have maybe. Well, we've got some time. I was going to say we might have a short episode because we started so late. But before we uh, uh, wrap up, even if we do end up with a normal length episode, I wanted to know about more about your Thanksgiving. I, I prefer to call it de-episoding. De-episoding. <laughs> slowly, as as our episode slowly declines toward death. <laughs> um, my Thanksgiving, yeah, uh, not bad. Um, this was. The, the uh, my brothers and his family come to, for Christmas or Thanksgiving, depending on every other year. This year is Thanksgiving, so he was in town. So I sent you a picture of the feast, mostly I provided, which was many smoked turkey breasts, a smoked rack of spare ribs, and a full smoked brisket. A mini mini smoked turkey. I mean, a turkey breast is a large. Product. Oh, so, well, okay, so I am not, like, a huge fan of turkey generally. Like, it's good, but, I mean, you know, if I'm given a choice, uh-huh. I'll just cook the brisket. But people like turkey. So I get these packs that are just, I think they want to call them turkey breast tenderloins or something. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture now, and this is definitely not a full turkey breast. No, so, well, so I cooked about six of them, Mm -hmm. and then I just slice them up, and they're like the center cut of a turkey breast, and you don't have to deal with the whole anything about the turkey. But I really did that as a favor for people who really wanted turkey. Mm. Um, And it actually turned out pretty good, because I cooked it. Don't let the FDA know. I cooked it below recommended temperature. Uh. Yeah, what if, what's the one that tracks that? Is it um, FDA? I want to say, well, 
the uh sure it's the uh the the uh, what's a turkey like one it's supposed to be 165 165 but i've read that if you're keeping it above you know say 150 or something for an extended period it's mm-hmm. going to kill it anyways which anyway that was good um brisket should be as we've mentioned a four time included in any kind of celebratory gathering if oh, b- possible. B- believe me, I've got a I've got a pin in our schedule for a solstice planning episode in the in the springtime. We're gonna do it. Yeah. Um and we had that fried cauliflower I referred to. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm looking I'm looking at the I'm looking at the photo here. The fried cauliflower is there in the back. Now we had sweet potato casserole, so it's not, you know, we had turkey, sweet potato casserole, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was really great. Um, Abigail's family, we had one with her family separately, and that was a more of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. You know, we had an actual smoked turkey, right? Uh, which I did not have to smoke. Thank you, Jeremy. And, um, you know, like peas, mashed potatoes, potato casserole, etc. So that was good. Mm. And then, then, because my brother likes to cook as I like to cook. And Shane, whom you know, Mm -hmm. likes to cook. Friend of the show, Shane. And then my friend Adam, my childhood friend Adam Bates, moved back to town. Did he really? In October with his fiancée. What do you know? They're getting married next week. Crazy. Whoa. Anyway, all that's so super crazy. But anyway, I'm glad to have him back. So we had all of them over. And we always come up with something different. Some, like last time, maybe it was hot chicken sandwiches. I remember those. We tried those. a bunch of different ways. They were very good. Um, we've tried many Szechuan dishes. So this time, marinated pork belly, sous vide, chilled. Then we sliced it and pan fried it. Then mm. we made homemade long noodles we basically made a bunch of noodle dough and then rolled it out cut it up and all pulled the noodles to as long as we could make them and then we had this szechuan pepper oil and then the marinade from the pork and then i had a bunch of dried thai chilies that i had preserved Mm. um, from my garden and we like pan fried all that with some szechuan peppercorns and then we mixed it all together. I'll send you a picture. I've got a picture of here of, of Jake. Oh, uh, did I see? Yeah, that? he's holding he's holding a handful of noodles, which uh, I'm going to try to avoid. Like it that not- could have been yeah any day. But yeah, <laughs> that was probably that day. It's these noodles look. Um, did you have a pasta maker? Or you rolled them out because they look a little like almost like dumplingy, like a thicker. Oh, noodle? we rolled them out. Yeah, no, oh, okay. and, and that was their that was their intended consistency. And let me tell you. Turned out delicious. Some toothsome noodles. It seems nice. Yeah, well, I, well, I wouldn't say chewy. They definitely well, had al, a al dente should, thickness I mean, to them. Yeah, yeah. They were, oh, here's um, another picture. Okay, hold on. You cook them for only Ooh. like two or three minutes. Ooh, man, look at the low uh, the uh, the low depth of field on this photo. Oh, it's yeah, very sorry. Sexy. Uh, the pork got lost in the depth of field. Oh, no, there. this is like a Bon Appetit photo. This is, oh, okay, this is, okay. Um, tr- this is charming. 
Anyway. Oh, man, those dried chilies are just in there, huh? Mm. Oh, yeah, well, you can eat around them. Okay. But, yeah, I, we cooked with them, so you don't actually eat those while you're eating because they're easy to eat around. Right. But, yeah, that was what was up. So, mm. I know you asked me about my Thanksgiving, but I assumed you just meant what was all the food I ate. It was, <laughs> it was sort of like a, a weekend of food. Um, Indeed. That is, that is, that is wonderful. Um, I mean, I saw a picture you sent from presumably Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, you said so. Yeah. And uh, I was enamored with those okra because I really love okra. And I was like, give me the okra because I didn't have any okra this Thanksgiving. Uh, we actually we, we brought some okra. We always do like a Publix run for the food that is not available up here, which there isn't that much. But like grits and okra are kind of a couple of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really get regular grits here. You end up with the instant grits or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. But like the, uh, well, like some lakeside brand, like uh, you know, grits that come in the paper bag. Um, but the, yeah, the, we've always, since time immemorial, always had a uh, a relish tray before Thanksgiving that has like black and green olives and sweetened dill little pickles mm-hmm. and cornichons and, and uh, pickled okra. So <laughs> I've had pickled okra at every Thanksgiving for as long as I can remember. Um, other than that, the th- our Thanksgiving was very by the books in a very enjoyable way. I got to, I did not cook anything, but I did. My contribution was to a carve the turkey, which I'm not. Ooh, I'm not really a turkey carver. <laughs> like I didn't do. I would consider like a particularly aesthetically pleasing job. I'm not carving off big hunks of the. The you know, or not but hunks. you did like the traditional. You're over there with a long pokey fork thing and a uh-huh. knife and you're like cut one slice off cut two like a carving station well i didn't i didn't do it like that that's the thing is i i wasn't really i haven't carved a whole turkey before um so i did the i carved it kind of the way that i do a chicken um which is you carve the breast off and then slice mm-hmm. the breast but with a turkey you carve the breast off and now you can't get that cool long side carve where you get the big slices of, of um, the big thin yeah. slices of. Yeah. So I, I kind of abandoned <laughs> that approach and just carved like um, slices of the breast uh, kind of not not short wise, but like, you know, it wasn't it was there. Cross grain. Sure. Yeah. So you, it ended up being more like almost like a barbecue type chop on the turkey. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it, which turned out fine. Uh, no one played, but my, uh, contribution to it was this had been a, a dry brined turkey. And, um, my mom typically does not make, for whatever reason, growing up, we usually didn't have mashed potatoes and we almost never had gravy. Um, so I took all of the juices at the bottom of said pan. Um, Shannon forbade me to make a gravy. Um, because it was almost Thanksgiving and she didn't want me to like wing a dish, uh, while everyone was getting ready. Uh, but I did take all of those juices, strain them, and then pour them over the chopped turkey, uh, both the light and dark meat platters, um, which I think added a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> to the proceedings that it wouldn't have had otherwise. I think otherwise. that some kind of sauce is not requisite, but certainly... It never doesn't improve turkey well, for me to have some kind of liquid added to the dish right. in that in that preparation. Yeah, you've got all this liquid at the bottom of the pan, and it all is delicious, and there's no reason to just throw it out. So, like, I had done that. I, I, I uh, strained 
the liquid just directly into a, a measuring cup and then moistened all the meat with it. And then my mom just like put that out in a gravy boat. And I had two different people ask me how I had made the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's a turkey cook, first of all. And <laughs> then you just well, take that and you put it in here <laughs> and you're finished. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, listeners out there, uh, always use the liquid below the meat that you're cooking. It's always useful. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And then we ate, uh, we went on a date night, uh, as you do when you have free babysitting. Went to mm-hmm. this restaurant called Folk in Nashville. Uh, it was very Nashville-y sort of fancy restaurant, the likes of which I hadn't been to in a while. Uh Lots of um, novelty facial hair on the um, wait staff and what okay, well, you know, expensive living up to light expectations. Bulbs. Yeah, um, but the uh, the the restaurant is a sort of a pizza, like a lots of vegetarian vegetable based dishes, and then uh, some like wood fired pizza stuff. But kind of like uh, fancy, all of that. Uh, <laughs> all of what you just said. Yeah, it's funny. Fancy. I said vegetable-based dishes, and then we managed to order all of the things that weren't vegetables. Like the, uh, I think I sent you a picture of it. It was, it was a rye toast with like a um, chicken liver mousse and a green tomato and chocolate flaked over the top. Oh. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that. I feel like the one thing I want to start, I want to try with barbecue is... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I want I, I want to try miso with barbecue. I feel like there's there's a possibility that you could put a miso rub on a something and put it in the smoker. But I also am intrigued by the notion of flaking chocolate over more things. Now we're talking about like fairly dark chocolate, probably. I, yes, it's it's pretty dark, like uh, and it's just gently sort of you know, like this this dusting of chocolate. Yeah, flakes. now that's not an uncommon like. I mean, it's like you mole, see it right? There's included in things yeah. when you're cooking. Like, I mean, off the top of my head, though, the only dish that I, the only savory dish I'm regularly using any kind of chocolate in is like a, a chili, maybe. Right. Like a, and it seems like there's a lot of flavors that that could go with. Right. I, I think you could potentially flake some chocolate over like a pork tenderloin or something, and it might work. With the certain, with we'll call it a poor man's truffle. Right, <laughs> that's kind of honestly, that's yeah, kind of the direction that it's in. There was also yeah. a, a a wonderful uh, 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 anchovy dish that was just yeah, I saw, I saw that. It looked like anchovy tartare, basically. Yeah, like for for it, it was it just both of those things were like the like the exact kind of thing where if you don't try it and uh and you're just there to like make fun of it to bring out like a single piece of toast and then a four <laughs> right. four parallel anchovies and a like a saucer like if you just <laughs> if you photoshopped those that picture of the bread and the anchovies onto like paper plates and replace the background you'd be like oh look a poor person had to eat dinner yeah yeah but I mean, it's just not the whole story. It is not, and the uh, or if you're just there to make fun of fancy food, I mean, there this is just setting it up for you, good because. Uh, but they were both wonderful. The fancy anchovies are something I really want to get into. I should get myself some fancy anchovies. We also had 
uh, beef tartare. Um, now that you do mention the tartare, it's wonderful. Now that I do mention, <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of low, uh, low yeah, temperatures, yeah. I mean, there's definitely um, like with anything, you can definitely get too pretentious with pretty much anything. However, uh, people should realize that eating more than most things in life is opinion-based. And when something is an opinion-based, it's an experience-based. And if you're experiencing, you know, eating in a certain way, like it is going to be better or worse for you in your opinion. Like it just is. So it's just sort of silly for people to completely write off what's going on and how things are done and in all of that and just say like it's the chemicals that your tongue is uh registering at the moment it's it's like travel to me it's it's a there's it's not necessarily about the always about the objective quality of the thing but about the like cultural context of the thing or you know the uh the the ability to experience something new, uh, so I don't know. Uh, there's a reason this isn't a foodie podcast um, or a travel podcast. <laughs> We've talked at length, probably thirty episodes ago, about uh, my sort of uncomfortableness with being a food person or a travel person. Um, well, yeah, you don't have to label yourself, no. sir. But I do. But, want, I, I do mean, want to I, flake chocolate on things, though. It, I, I'm gonna flake it. On, I flake chocolate on everything. I have chocolate on grits. Do mm, it. I mean, I cook a savory grit. I could send you that recipe. Um, uh, it's very good. Yeah. It's got like a paprika that. in it and ancho chilies. Every, I want to say. Wait, I meant oatmeal. I cook a savory oatmeal. Yeah, I was a little bit like grits are grits savory, are savory. But yeah, no, I blacked okay. out there for a second. Um. I, I ate instant grits, which I know it's not like the best grit, but as a kid, pretty much, pretty equivalent. I ate instant grits like eighty five percent of my breakfasts. Really? For as a kid? Oh yeah, I ate so many grits. And then if it was a good day, we would get like like cream of wheat with a poached egg and some butter around it. Whoa, a poached, your mom's poaching eggs in the morning? Well, I mean, like if we had time, usually that was a weekend thing. Wow. I never had an egg with cream. Cream of wheat in our house was like pretty common, but it was usually with water and occasionally it'd be with milk and it would taste 500 times better because cream of wheat with water is terrible. (laughs) Basically gruel. Uh, No, we, uh, I, I, I would have assumed just, that, no, no, I'm not trying to be, you know, judge of like, uh, no offense, but I pictured you guys as more of a cereal family because you had yeah, like your, so host, cereal you had your was, like, hostess cabinet with all of your, your, your treats. Yeah. Cereal was the alternate and I always ate cereal for dessert. That was my big thing. I loved eating cereal instead of some kind of other dessert. Mm, I would still do. Uh, that would be a good. Actually, when my when my son made his Christmas list, one of the things was um, I don't remember the exact wording, but it's like uh, one of those things with all the little cereal boxes was on his Christmas list because that. Oh yeah, I love those things. Yeah, as a kid. that's what, yeah we've we've carried on that tradition from my household. Uh, with you know, you get the 
12 pack of little cereal boxes and then you trade away all the fruit loops because fruit loops taste like garbage and you get i more feel like that's flakes. an opinion cam <laughs> maybe if you had given Look, yourself a single fruit loop in the middle of a milk bowl and just really savored the experience you would have realized that the waxy taste is actually intentional somehow <laughs> I, I'm trying to picture fruit. I mean, I haven't had a fruit loop in 25 years, but like I'm trying to, and the taste I might be thinking of is tricks. Cause I think they're roughly equivalent, like aggressively artificial foods. Yeah. Well, I think those are very equivalent. Mm, and maybe this year, maybe this is the year where I'm, I'll poke in a bite and, and just like re-experience. Yeah. It's cereals. like eating a candle, but you know that, was FDA approved to be consumable? Oh man, you're really selling it. <laughs> um, no, I, I actually, uh, man, we should. Uh, I mean, we're getting our family. We got together with our some of our family for Thanksgiving, but it was like a preview of Christmas, and Christmas is when uh, everyone is coming going to be together to the degree that I recently found out my parents are actually not staying in their own house. Uh, they're staying at my grandparents' house. To so make they're room. inviting everyone to stay, yeah. and they're like, "Peace." Yeah, they're they're going to stay down at, like down the road at my grandparents, and the house is just going to be filthy with their their own brood brood. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just going to be nothing brood. but but Rajini. armies of children. It's going to be a lot of people. Um, but like, I need activities, and I like the idea of like a blind taste test of like cereal. I like taste test things just in general Wait, so you're fr- about- is, well i mean i know what a taste test is i guess i hadn't ever considered it as an activity i mean a group activity which why not but so you're wanting to people to guess what their cereal they're eating yeah like um or maybe like a taste test of like three you know you've got your frosted mini wheats and then you've got your like frosted mini spooners which is the actual store brand that walmart at least used to have because i used to buy it in college spooners. and the, or you're like you know your uh sugared small wheat squares you know and maybe you you have people right so guess. we're gonna do an off-brand taste test sure. where they get to they get three bowls mm-hmm. and you put uh, the most well-known name brand, and then two imitation brands of varying qualities, and uh, you're trying all of them. Yeah, I like this idea. I love taste tests in general. I don't like have a real point to it other than like <laughs> I've wanted to do a cheap beer taste test for forever. You just go buy like uh, well, yeah. like you know. It, the problem is that gets expensive, and then you end up with a lot of cheap beer left over. And the last, yeah, and and your quality of um, uh, analysis goes downhill quickly. Probably. Well, you got to keep the you got to keep the um, the portion small for the, like the first round. But like you, yeah, I want to know like, if people can tell the difference between you know a Milwaukee's best and, an, and a Bud Ice. Well, a Bud Ice, I don't think they make Bud Ice. Anymore. I feel like I could definitely tell the difference between all of them, but as to which one I liked the best, it might be up in the air. <laughs> I think that beer. It's definitely one of those things where, especially if it's cheap beer and it all tastes mildly the same and not, you know, the best, or at least let's just say simple, maybe not the not the best, just a simple taste. But um, there, there, I think there's a large component to what can you're drinking out of, you know? Oh, I see. 
If I'm drinking out of a natty ice can and it's got that terrible, you know, it's already natty ice, and then it's got this weird hodgepodge graphic that looks like. Oh, you're talking about a visual yeah. component. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yes, but like I know what beer it is. I mean, I know what this is, what it looks like. Or sure. you have a Miller High Life in a nice can and it says a champagne of beer. Or the bottle with a nice little You know, it's ironic, it. but it's also like a thing like they. you could put the same liquid in both of those and I'm legitimately going to be having a better time drinking the, the Miller High Life. Mm. So um, I think – I would engage in the taste test, but the results I would put no weight behind. <laughs> sure. No, I, I think there's so many different, like, you could do the same thing with candy. We've actually done it. One time we did it as a family with uh, with uh, fast food, and so you got, like, a sixth of a burger, and you had to figure out which burger it was. Um, I was not responsible for that one. My sister did it, and so, like, it's also, you've got sort of a room temperature component to that, Then you <laughs> really don't want more than a sixth of a room temperature any fast food burger. But I also discovered, like, everyone can, you know, they can tell a Big Mac or a Whopper, like, from a mile away. Um, those are real. Oh, yeah, that's r- true. Real distinct. We did a taste test on wings at work, and... It's haunted me to this day. Walmart won the overall taste test. Is this like a, a taste test of like pre-made wings? Well, yeah. We went and ordered a bunch of wings and brought them right back. Walmart provides wings? Like hot? I, right? I mean, you're right where I was, man. Mm, okay. So, um, now, the upside is like, you know, they apparently they make a decent wing. But the downside was that, um, you know... Everything I believed about the universe was shattered. I mean, that's the any good taste test will get you there eventually.